because we had our first dedications in a while this morning and because it is Father's Day, we're going to break into our new series in Jeremiah and consider some verses that we had in our reading and also at the opening of our service in Corinthians we had these words this is how God is described the father of mercies the father of mercies just as fathers beget children so God begets mercies what a wonderful picture of God he's full of mercies just as the devil is the father of sins God is the father of mercies and the verses I want us to consider particularly this morning is from Psalm 103 let me read the verses verses 11 to 14 11 to 14 of Psalm 103 think now of our God as the father of mercies what are these mercies that come from our father for as the heavens are high above the earth so great is his mercy towards those who fear him so there's a height of mercies as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us there's a length of mercies as a father pitieth his children so the lord pitieth those who fear him for he knoweth our frame he remembereth that we are dust there are depths of mercies height length depth if you know your new testament you will also realize that the love of jesus christ has those dimensions but it's the father which we're looking at this morning so let's look at those three dimensions backwards starting with the depth how deep is your love goes the popular song how deep is god the father's love as a father verse 13 pities his children but what's pity when you take pity on somebody what do you do pity is a feeling it tells us something about the hearts of a person you really feel for somebody who is in need that's pity it's part of being human but god pities infinitely uh, a.w Tozer, one of the greatest preachers in the 20th century uh, he's got a famous quote and he says this what comes into our minds when we think about god is the most important thing about us what do you think when you hear the word god you see our problem is our view of god is distorted it's 
out of sync. Maybe for many people, the danger is to think of God as some Father Christmas figure who is so gentle that he just winks at all the wrong that is happening in the world and is powerless to deal with it. That's a distortion. But maybe our danger is to go the other way and to think of God as a harsh taskmaster. And a number of people today, when you mention the word father to them, their image of a father won't be somebody who is loving and kind, but somebody who is even abusive. But that's all distorted when it comes to God as Father. How deep is our Heavenly Father in His love and His mercy toward us? My friend, He pities. He pities. When you look at somebody pitying another person, you look into their hearts, don't you? And I want to tell you this morning that the God of the Bible is a God of pity. Now, I know some people say, ah, yes, when you have the New Testament, Jesus Christ, God is love. But that's not the Old Testament God. The Old Testament God is a God of fire and brimstone. But hang on, we are in the Old Testament in Psalm 103. God is the father of light in whom there is neither variableness nor shadow of turning. The God of the Old Testament is exactly the same in character as the God of the New Testament. And he's the same today. And Jesus Christ said, whoever has seen me has seen who? The father. If you want to know what the pity of God the father is like, look at what Jesus Christ was like. What was he like? Oh yes, he pitied his children, those who feared him, his disciples. But didn't he pity as well those who were against him? Didn't Jesus Christ pity Jerusalem? Didn't he weep over that city just a week or so before they would condemn him to death? The pity of God the Father. Now then, a number of you our parents, I'm not, but we all know what a good father is like, don't we? What's a good father like in terms of the pity he shows his children? Let me just mention a few things that are true of God, our father. He pities our childish ignorance. Isn't that true of children? They're so ignorant. They're so ignorant. And we're like that. This is Spurgeon. Oh, how God our Father bears with us. We think we are very wise. We are never such fools as when we think we are displaying our wisdom. What is he saying? When we think we are really clever, that's when we are most ignorant. How ignorant were Jesus' disciples? Imagine spending three years and having quality time 
with the Son of God. You would have thought that after the end of three years, they would have got it in terms of the message of Christianity. But even after three years of such ministry, they were still ignorant, weren't they? They did not think that the Messiah was going to die and be raised from the dead. That's how ignorant they were. And what was Jesus like to them? Did he tell them off? He pitied them. He bore with them. And that's what God is like. My friends, we are ignorant here. In spite of all of our privileges, mankind today is more ignorant than ever before. We are ignorant of the big things in life. Death, we still have to die. What comes after? How do I get to heaven? These are the big questions. And humanity today is just as ignorant, if not more so, than a generation ago. What else is true of a good father? A good father pities a child when they're being foolish. Uh, you know, you say to people who are growing up, don't be childish, don't be childish. But you can't say that to a child, can you? <laughs> That's what a child is supposed to be like. To be childish is to live in a make-believe world. To be childish is to play games. What games did you play when you were children? You imagine things. And don't we still do that when we grow up? We live in our own little uh, make-believe world. We think that we know the answers not just in terms of the way to heaven, but we think uh, that we are the masters of our soul. We really think that? We think that we are in control of our lives. Do we really believe that after a year of COVID? We think that we know the way. Do we really we think that we can control our passions. Can we? None of us can. But God bears with us. A good father pities the weakness of the child. Children can't do anything for themselves, can they? They need to be fed, they need to be changed, they need to be washed, they need to be carried around. They're helpless. And when it comes to the big things, aren't we? Aren't we? For he knoweth our frame. What's our frame? Our makeup. We're all different here this morning. I love that about our church, that we're all different personalities, different interests, different backgrounds. We've all got different frames. And he knows that. 
He remembereth that we are dust. How gentle he handles frail creatures. What did we sing? Father-like he tends and spares us well our feeble frame he knows in his hands he gently bears us think of a child falling scratching his knee having a bruise in tears what does the father say the father doesn't say get up the father comes and touches him and lifts him up and soothes him. Well, maybe the mother does that. You can tell that I've never been a parent. <laughs> but God, he's gentle, he's gentle. Uh, here is Spurgeon again. Some of the brethren seem to think we are made of cast iron. None of us have a cast iron frame. None of us, none of us. At times, they are so thoughtless. God's children go through physical, mental weakness. This is Spurgeon. And they can be misjudged by the sterner type. But they are not misjudged by God. He pities the weakness of his people and blames them not. Now, that's for all of us, my friends. We're all weak in our frames in the end. And the sooner we realize that, the better. We're weak. We're dust. We're fragile. Oh, how we need to be tender as God our Father. And you know what? He knows our frame. Big time. I heard of an open-air preacher uh, years ago. And they were preaching about God being in control of everything. And somebody was listening. And they heckled at this preacher. And... They said, does God know what it's like to suffer? Does God know what it's like to lose a child? And then the heckler realized what they just said. Our Heavenly Father sent his only son. How does he know our frame? Jesus knows your frame and mine. He knows your weakness better than you do yourself. Why? Because he had that human frame. The only thing Jesus Christ didn't have that you and I have is sin, this horrible spiritual disease. But Jesus Christ had that same frame. He suffered all the things that we have to suffer because we are in this world. Jesus Christ was a baby. Jesus Christ needed looking after. Jesus Christ needed changing. Jesus Christ needed feeding. Jesus Christ needed to be carried around. Jesus Christ grew up. Jesus Christ would have been childish. Jesus Christ 
would have been weak as a child. He understands, he understands. And when he grew up, Jesus knew what it was to uh, be mourning for loved ones. Jesus knew what it was to be in pain. Jesus knew what it was to be ill. Jesus knew what it was to be absolutely exhausted. Jesus knew what it was to have the cares of this world. Even though he was only 30, he looked 50 because the cares of this life had aged him so much. He knows your frame. And his father knows what it's like to lose his only son because he died, as we're going to come to. He died. And he's alive now, a high priest. For we have not a high priest in Christ which cannot be touched. He can be, that's what it means, by the feeling of our infirmities. That's pity for you. He can be touched by your problems. Aren't you glad God is such a God? The depth, the depth, and then the length. Uh, I think there's a danger from what I've been saying so far that we will have a distorted view of God the Father that he's the father of mercies in such a way that he's so full of pity that he'll condone sin and all the wrong that we do. But that is a skewed view of him because the psalmist here goes on to talk about sin. Uh, I don't know if you've got a Bible, but if you have, just look at some of the words that are being used here. Uh, the word sin is mentioned Verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. So there's such a thing as sin. What's sin? Sin is rebellion. So even if we haven't done anything wrong, which is not true, <laughs> but even if that was the case, we're still sinners because we're rebels against God. Was it Frank Sinatra who sang, I did it my way? That's sin, in a sense, isn't it? And then there's another word that is mentioned. Iniquities. He has not dealt with us according to our iniquities. This talk of punishing iniquities in verse 10. What iniquities? Iniquities is lawlessness. Lawlessness. It follows, doesn't it? If we're rebelling, we're going to break the law. And this isn't just referring to the law of the land. It refers to the law of God, the Ten Commandments. And then there's another word. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. And this is the verse we're looking at. The length of God's love and mercy, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. Promise. What's transgression? Transgression is to step over the line. Uh, I was jogging once up on the Garth Hill and I was jogging through this forest and I just came out of this forest and I found myself in somebody's back garden. I was transgressing. I'd stepped over the border and we have stepped over the line when we rebel against God, when we break his law. We 
break the line, as it were, and we have to suffer the punishment as a result. God, as a father, doesn't wink at that. Um, If you think of a child, if they break the law, if you're a good parent, you're not going to let them go scot-free, are you? And God, the Father, he cannot, he cannot just let our sins be brushed under the carpet. It's got to be dealt with. Jesus Christ, in one of his great prayers, his high priestly prayer, he referred to his father as a righteous father. Righteous father. What does that mean? It means that God is just. God must punish sin. The law of God must be honored. And yet God pities sinners. God's heart towards you and me is to forgive us. How do you reconcile the justice of God and the mercy of God? Can you reconcile them? Can you bring them together? It seems impossible, does it not? If God wants to forgive on the one hand, and if God is just so that he must punish sin on the other, how can you bring the two together? Humanly, you can't. But God is the God of the impossible. And after this service this morning, we're going to remind ourselves of how God brought his mercy and his justice together. It happened 2,000 years ago. It happened on a cross. Jesus Christ, God's own son, became a man. He kept the law on your behalf, on my behalf. So God is pleased with him. And then Jesus Christ died. He didn't have to die. He was perfect. But this was part of the plan of his father. He went to a cross and he died as a sacrifice. So what happened on the cross was that Jesus Christ was taking the punishment for you and for me. Think of a child misbehaving and another child (laughs) becoming the fall guy, carrying the can. When I was a school teacher, I don't know if you're allowed to do this today, but we gave children a hundred lines if they misbehaved. A hundred lines by tomorrow. Now, with some kids, when you got the hundred lines back, you could see that it wasn't in their own handwriting. (laughs) They got somebody else to do it for them. Now, that's small fry. That's small fry compared to what Jesus Christ did on the cross. What happened on the cross, what we're going to remember in the communion, is Jesus carried the can for you and for me. He took the punishments. Do you you believe that? That's what it means to become a Christian. I see myself as a condemned sinner. And I hear that Jesus Christ sent from the Father. And I don't want you to get the wrong impression this morning. Uh, Jesus Christ didn't come uh, willingly. Well, he did come willingly. He didn't just come willingly 
and died for us in order to try and pacify an angry father, right? That, that's a completely wrong, distorted view of God. Yes, God is angry. He's angry with the wicked every day. But the anger of God isn't something nasty. It isn't like us losing our temper. It's this pure hatred of all that is sinful. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And there is a perfect hatred of sin. That's why hell is forever, forever. And when Jesus Christ came and when he died for our sins on the cross so that we can be forgiven, he's not doing it in order to try and persuade his father to love people like us and forgive us. The father pitied us in our sins and sent Jesus Christ to deal with it. Yes, Christ had to bear the punishments. But there's no mismatch between the mercy and love of the Father and the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. As Stuart Townend put it, I know we're talking about the length, but it's true how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he should send his only Son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The father turns his face away. The agony for the father to have to do that. When Jesus Christ took the punishment for your sins and mine, God the father couldn't look at him anymore. He had to turn his face away. The wrath of God was being poured on his only begotten son. How must the heart of the father have been The father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. The length that the father would go, the length that the son would go to have mercy upon you and me. How far did he carry the can, in other words? Not by just doing a hundred lines in our place, but he carried the can to hell. That's what Jesus suffered on the cross. Hell, eternal hell, condensed into a matter of hours because he's the eternal son of God. Isn't that wonderful? Come, let us sing of a wonderful love, tender and true, streaming from the heart of the Father above, streaming by sending his son to die on that cross in our place. And streaming to us because he invites us to believe in his son. Uh, the way the psalmist puts it, how much is the length? As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. Because Jesus Christ bore the punishments. There is no more condemnation, no more. We, we can forgive one another, can't we? But we can't forget. We can't. We can't. We, we still have that mental register. We can't help it. But God, because of what Christ has done, he says then, their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. 
Praise be to him. And he puts it vividly here, as far as the east is from the west. Now, when I was a geography teacher, we taught longitude and latitude. So longitude is... I taught it in Welsh, so I can't always get my terms right in the pronunciation. So bear with me. Longitude is <laughs> the distance between the north and the south poles, isn't it? I've got that right. That's a finite distance. You can measure the distance from north to south pole. The two poles are the two extremes. Latitude is the horizontal distance between east and west. Do you know where the east pole is? Do you know where the east pole is? There's no east pole. Where's the west pole? There's no west pole. How far is the east from the west? What the psalmist is trying to say is this. He hasn't removed our sins from us as far as the north is from the south because there would still be a finite distance. Even if it was tens of thousands and thousands of miles, it would still be there, wouldn't it? And what Jesus Christ did on the cross by taking our sins, he didn't remove them somewhere far away. That's still there. Uh, sometimes we wish we can run away, maybe run away from our past. Oh, for the wings of a dove. Far, far, far away would I go and be forever at rest. We wish that sometimes. And we think, if only I could run away from my sins. But the problem is this. Even if we leave our sins thousands of miles behind, and even if God can leave our sins thousands of miles behind, they're still there. They can still come back to haunt us. But because Jesus Christ, the infinite Son of God, took the punishment for our sins, even though it's an infinite punishment because we've offended an infinite Father, then no more. God says, using another metaphor, I've thrown them into the depths of my ocean. And it's a never-ending, bottomless ocean. And somebody also said, and he puts up a sign, no fishing no fishing. Infinite. I've got to very, very quickly mention the third dimension, height. For as the heavens, verse 11, are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Can you see now why God's mercy is so high? It's actually infinite. What's the distance between the earth and the sky? It's infinite, limitless. Can you understand now, my friend? I don't know you all, and even those I know, I don't know your hearts. But I know we're needy sinners. And if God's mercy in Christ is infinite, as far as the east is from the west, then it doesn't matter how sinful you are. It doesn't matter how far you've gone away from God. It doesn't matter if you are his and you've wandered away. It doesn't matter how hard your heart is. It doesn't matter how hopeless your case is. It doesn't matter how weak you are. Whatever the conditions. There's an infinite supply of mercy. Let me finish with some Spurgeon, and then I'll quote to him, 
and then we'll be done. The Lord is very ready to forgive. It is the church that is unmerciful sometimes, but not the master. He's ever willing to receive us when we come to him and blot out our transgression. Come along then, come along. You that have erred and gone astray, you that have backslidden and are sensible of sin, you, his children, that did walk in the light only a few days ago and have got back into the dark by slipping into sin, come along, come along. He's very ready to forgive. Come. That's the word of the gospel. Not do. Come. He has done everything. Jesus Christ. Who comes? Sinners. Poor. Wretched. Weak. Wounded. Sick. Sore. Bruised. Battered. Jesus. Ready. Stands to save you. Full of pity, joined with power. He is able, he is willing. Doubt no more. The Father is willing. The pity of the Father. The Spirit is willing. Come for his namesake. <laughs>